Three, two, one, execute. Life is 10% what you make it and 90% how you take it. My name is Rick Napier, the CEO at Real People USA LLC, located in California. And uh, it's uh, a great day on the Real People USA show because we have a chance to speak with Reuben Young, a a Republican Florida congressional candidate in District 23, running against Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And uh, Reuben is down in Metro Miami. His website is ryoungforcongress.com. And Reuben and I connected about 12 months ago, about one year from this date, we connected about uh, about working together and and doing some, you know, adding some consulting services so he could uh, just move forward. And I just want to let people know that Reuben has accomplished something so amazing that we're going to talk about today that sent that should send shivers down the spine of Debbie Wasserman Schultz and all of Ruben's uh, primary opponents. So without further delay, I would like to welcome Ruben Young, Republican congressional candidate in the state of Florida, District 23. Good morning, Ruben. How are you doing? Hey, good morning, Rick. Uh, thank you again. I know it's been a while since I've been on your program, but thank you again for that well, uh, well-received introduction. Uh, it is a, a great day. I thank God that you've given me this opportunity. You selected me, uh, chose me to do the work that has to be done. And I say that because we now need to return back to God. God should be always be our foundation. He should, he should always be the person that we look up to for making things happen. And I thank God for you as well. Thank God that we have connected the way we connected and that we're moving uh, his agenda forward and onwards. Thank you for having me. Excellent. De- excellent. And, and thanks for mentioning uh, God uh, in your introduction, because we sure don't have anybody, any, anyone else, especially in Washington, D.C., that's for sure. So it's almost a default position that everyone needs to uh, go to God. So I want to thank you again. And um, I want to congratulate you, Mr. Reuben Young, for having about 100 signed petitions to go to officially be on the ballot to run for Congress there in District, uh, Congressional District 23, down there in South Florida. And uh, you're going to face a few primary opponents. So how does it feel to reach this momentous goal after one year? Well, it's a, it's a very good feeling. You know, when, when you first take on a feat like this, you know, you don't know how it's going to play out. You don't know what's getting ready to happen. But uh, when you continue to keep your hand in the master's hand, everything work out. Uh, work yourself out, but I feel very, very great. I feel, I feel, uh, it's a great reward that I've had an opportunity to run for Congress and I'm doing it by petition because I'm trying my best to show the shows. I'm not in this for game. I'm not in it just to raise a low, a whole lot of money to live on. I'm not in it just to put billboards out and think that's going to help me win the election. I'm showing the people throughout this state that it's a, they finally found somebody that's going to make them proud. Somebody that's going to work twenty four seven to get the job done. So I, it's a very good feeling, Rick. I'm I'm on cloud twenty five. I can't say cloud ten or cloud nine. I'm saying I'm on cloud twenty five right now, Rick. And I thank you for mentioning that. And uh, we, we you know we got the numbers 
I am within striking distance. I put so many numbers into our local supervisor of election uh, hands, and I'm waiting for those numbers to be tallied and also included in my numbers, as well as the ones that I'm now sitting here in uh, here with me. Uh, that I'm going to verify, go to Florida, voters look up uh, before I send them in because, you know, you you have to always and constantly verify, verify, verify. Uh, and I'm doing that. I do that on all the petitions that, uh, the, that the people trust me with uh, to get where they need to go. So uh, I'm feeling great, Rick. I am feeling very good about this moment. Uh, this is a moment in history. I am feeling great about it. Thank you very much for mentioning that, Rick. Well, excellent. And you should feel great about it because, and, and, and listeners may not know this, but uh, many people who become candidates for Congress and other uh, you know, national positions or, or state reps, they can just pay. You know, so you have to be one of the few candidates who, who will get on the ballot with signed petitions, meaning you had to talk to a lot of people. Now, like I mentioned, I believe the number in sunny South Florida, it's about 12500 or something. And people could just pay that money and instantly they are candidates. Uh, what did you learn from going through the experience of talking to about 8,000 people? Because, I mean, you need something like 2500 and 2550 or something. But you had to talk to 8,000, 9,000 people to get this this number of 2538 or 2568. So please tell our listening audience, what was that like to talk to all those people to get those, those well, signed ballot petitions? Okay, well, it was a, it was a journey. Uh, it was a, a, a great journey. I got a chance to talk to people uh, who uh, somewhat pleased, well, pleased with the progress. Give me a second. I, 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 oh, wow. That's that early morning lump in your throat. I got a chance to meet a lot of people throughout my travel. I've traveled to a lot of different places. And I've listened. And I found there's a lot of uh, disappointment out there. Uh, there's a lot of hope out there. There's a lot of people that want to see, see the Republican Party uh, do the things that we stand for. You know, the Republican Party is a party that believes in freedom, believes in liberty, believes uh, in our Constitution. And it's a party that believes that God comes first. Because if you notice, no one uh, on the Democratic side, they never mention God. You always hear somebody on the Republican side mentioning God. So I got a chance to hear people uh, uh, speak positively. I got, I got a chance to hear people speak negatively. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, when they find that no matter what the objection, no matter uh, what they say that you're constantly you and you're continuously moving uh, uh, forward with the agenda of helping to save this country. That's what my mind is made up. And I met it. I got a chance, Rick, to connect uh, with, with people throughout this state of Florida uh, who have the belief that we will be able to get this country back from those persons that's trying to control the American citizenry trying to control our families, trying to control our children in these public institutions. I got a chance to meet uh, a lot of people. And you know what, Rick? I'm from Miami-Dade County, but some of the concerns and the, and the questions that I heard throughout this state are exactly the same. And uh, so to me, Rick, I'm, I'm going to do everything that I can 
to assure the people that that, that I will be the type of representative who will listen to each and every one of their concerns and who will take their concerns uh, either through town hall meetings or take their concerns directly to the national floor so it can be heard and, and, and that you can feel the reverberation of the impact across the land. So it's a, you know, it's a, a very good journey for me. And I don't think that any other candidate understand or can appreciate a journey like this of actually getting out there and using the petition process to be, to engage voters, to speak with voters, not just raising money and hoping that they just raise enough money just to pay to get on the ballot. Those are not the candidates that I believe need to be in Congress. The type of candidate that I believe need to be in Congress are those who are committed to service. You know, we have a lot of candidates in there. They're not in there for the right reason. They're only in there for the money. They're not in it for the service. They're not in it for we the people. Well, I'm in this for we the people. And this is why I believe that the petitions uh, gave me the advantage of meeting people. Gave me the advantage of shaking the hands of people. Gave me the advantage of kissing the babies. Gave me the advantage that I now fully understand when I walk into that seat, when I take that oath of office, that I'm taking so many people along with me, so many people who want to find somebody that they can believe in. And I'm going to be that person uh, once I get to, to Congress. I'm going to be the one that actually serve not only in my district, but as a congressional representative, I, congressional representative, I represent the United States of America, and I do that in part with only a district. But I can speak against and speak against and speak out against those concerns across the board nationally. So my voice is not limited, and I think that this process has given me what I needed uh, to arm myself to take on the seat, and 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 rightfully so. Uh, in Congress, so so it was it was a very good journey for me, Rick. Hey man, you said reverberation. It was more like an earthquake, and I'm 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 saying that as a Californian, what you are doing is a is an earthquake. So um, yeah, but you but you hit the nail right on the head when you said you have sent shock waves through South Florida, and you have sent uh, shock waves through uh, your primary opponents. One of them includes uh, Carla Spaulding, and you have sent shockwaves through the incumbent Democrat, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, but we'll, we'll talk about her toward the end. But take us to this these cities. You collected these petitions throughout the state of Florida. Uh, please share with our audience what cities you, you visited. And the second part of this uh, question is, based on your travels, Ruben, can you say that Floridians definitely know your name and perhaps people around the country know who Ruben is? Well, let me start with this building block. You know, the, one of the very first things that I did when I signed up to run for Congress, I took the time and I wrote pretty much all of the Republican congressmen. Now, some responded, some never responded. I had a congressman by the name of Don Young, I think he's out of Alaska. He responded. Uh, uh, Andy Gibbs' office, Congressman Andy Gibbs' office, responded. And a lot of different congresspersons that on the Republican in the Republican leadership, uh, they 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 responded. And I think I, I think I may have said uh, Andy. I think it's, uh, Andy's name wrong, and I apologize for that. Uh, 
But it, anyhow, those persons had a, 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 a true interest in uh, in my race, in my running, uh, in my commitment and dedication to, to unseat Danny B. Washington show. But, you know, throughout my travels, I had a, a great time of traveling to counties uh, such as Sarasota County, uh, for, uh, places like Tampa, uh, Volusia County, uh, traveling to uh, Osceola County, uh, going throughout this state to Leon County, uh, Clay County, uh, just traveling, uh, Martin County, Marion County. You know, there's a, there's a lot of Republicans across this state who had the opportunity to get to know me, had an opportunity to speak with me, had an opportunity to ask me what, what do I stand for and what the things that I hope to accomplish once I get elected. And, and, and I told them what my agenda was. I said that my agenda at this point is to stop this country from being uh, taken over, to help save America. So, you know, I found that that message resonates throughout the entire state of Florida. And people if that's in Broward County, uh, people that's in Hillsborough County, uh, people that's in Orange County, all these different counties, they are now in agreement that we need to do something different as a Republican Party. We need to do something different to take back the mantle of the things that we stood and stand for, such, such as uh, people's civil rights, such as people's human rights and that due process rights and, and to ensure that we have election integrity uh, at our forefront because this is how America's being stolen. America's being stolen from us because there's a lot of bad people out there and, and a lot of people in the, in the state of Florida as I went throughout this, this state traveling to all these different places, places like Fort Myers, going to going to those type those type places, you know, uh, Orlando, going to those type places or uh, Ocala, going into those various places, Monroe, uh going into those various places, uh, Homestead, Florida City, where I grew up, I spent a lot of time in that place, going through those various places and then try, and, and and just constantly moving throughout this state from the southern part of the state to the northern part of the state you know up there in Tallahassee you know speaking to voters and speaking to people like-minded whether it's Republicans or Democrats or independents speaking to people that really want to see a change because uh, no one agrees with what's going on currently in our country uh, Holly a lot of people uh, 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 many people have now taken exceptions to how this country is being ran. And I'm hearing people say to me every each and every day that if Donald Trump, if President Trump was at the helm, we would not be at the brink of going to war with Russia. So, you know, people are starting to wake up and I'm starting to see that. And I thank God, Rick, that I cannot believe, you know, I used to be the type of person who wanted to be born in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s. But I thank God that he put me in the 60s and, and I'm now in the 2000s doing my part to help save America. And I never thought that I would be be joined with like-minded people such as yourself as we work to save this country from uh, communism and we work to save this country from socialism. And a lot of people throughout this state, Rick, and I met people in other places, in other states like New York and North Carolina and various places who who are here visiting uh, in agreement. So, you know... It's, it's a great feeling that we are now at a, at a point to where we understand and we know what's important. And it took me 60 years 
to now know what's important. What I know that's important now is to stop this country from being taken over uh, by people who have no genuine love interest for America. Absolutely. That is exactly right. You said it uh, very well. And uh, I will tell you, um, you know, just looking at your email traffic, you are getting requests and in, in subscriptions and and uh, people who want to know how they can help you from across, not just across the, the state of Florida, but across the country. So and these emails aren't uh, type of like, hey, you know, how you doing? No, they're like, hey, you know, how can I help? So I appreciate you sharing that. So here's my next question. Ruben, what challenges do you think you face in the primary, even though many of the candidates have no name recognition like yourself? I mean, you, you, you always talk about uh, that you've been in this process for the last like 30 years. Um, and then some of these primary opponents uh, have, uh, I mean, in the public eye, have a, 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 people have a very poor opinion of a few of these candidates that you're running against in the primary. So what do you think you face when the primary goes down? I think it's in August. Well, let me tell you something, Rick. One of the things I did, I got a chance to look at those opponents that's running. And none of them have the same type of background experiences that I have. I, I have a, I understand the legislative process because I used to work for the state of Florida, work for the Florida House of Representatives. Part of my job was to be engaged and involved in the uh, legislative process, uh, did the bill drafting, wrote, uh, helped put forth bills that was presented to the various committees, I did the appropriation requests. I understand when it comes to uh, who should receive what and how much. Those that provide essential services to my district or through, uh, throughout the district, uh, they're going to need some assistance. They're going to need a uh, certain request that those requests not just uh, uh, put forth, but those, those requests are navigated and placed before the, the, the right committee. So the right chairperson or the right committee member get a chance to understand the importance of, the, of, of what's being presented. I understand the legislative process. I built the relationships that I needed to have built throughout the time that I've served and I worked for two state representatives. One, the first one was named uh, Representative Jim Burke, who uh, was, was, you know, who's passed. And the second was named is uh, one of Florida's favorite sons, uh, State Representative James Bush III. Uh, he's one of Florida's favorite sons, someone who's been involved in the process since 1992. I've also had, Rick, and I'm looking at all, uh, taking a look at all these other opponents in this race. They don't have that experience. They don't have that background. They don't even have the relationships. Uh, Carla Spaulding, who's been running since 2015, uh, she started running, I believe, as a Democrat or as an independent and she's went from democrat to independent or independent to democrat to now and those things did not work out for her and so now she's running as a republican and looking at her track record uh, she's only in the race to raise money uh she raised a whole lot of money but she very seldom put any money into the race last time she ran rick she put out all these billboards you didn't see her anywhere in the community. You didn't see her talking to anybody. You didn't see her shaking the hands. You didn't see her kissing the babies. You didn't see her do any of those things. But yet still, she's, uh, she's in the race to, uh, to me for blockage. She's blocking those Republicans, those committed Republicans that want to take out Debbie Watson's show. I believe that she's working with Debbie Watson's show. I believe that they're funneling money to her campaign to scare everybody out the race. But that's one of the opponents. 
But guess what? I'm not afraid of money. I'm a David in the world for the Giants. The bigger the challenge, the bigger the fall. The bigger the challenge, the bigger the fall. Because my belief is that nobody bullies America. Nobody bullies America as long as I'm in this race. And so those other opponents, I don't, I'm not thinking about them. I'm not looking at them because I've been around this process since 1989. I started with the uh, clerk of courts on the Richard P. Brinker. I was uh, a deputy clerk. Uh, then I became somebody uh, uh, in the courthouse with recognition. I moved from the deputy uh, clerk. I eventually became a junior operations officer. And I got a chance to understand the inner working of our judicial system, our criminal justice system. I served in the courts. I, 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 I built the relationship that I needed with the judges and, 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 and a lot of the different uh, parts, the criminal justice system, corrections, you know, the, the, the uh, commissioners. Those people, they know me from the local level to the, to the highest level of our government. So my name was a brand name. Then I built a national organization called Black Organizing Leadership Development, BOLD. That organization was founded in 1990. And that was a bold uh, organization that I lived, that lent itself to speaking up and out for what was right, what was wrong with America. Going through numerous congressional representatives, going through numerous presidents of these United States, numerous citizens. I've always been there. I will continue to be there. They they don't have that type of community service background that I have. And I'm still involved and I'm still engaged, whether I'm in office or not in office. I'm still speaking up and speaking out. But I think that it would be better now to get in a position so I can help multitudes of, of people who are suffering multitude of people who are feeling the pains and the stresses of not having enough and not having access to opportunity. It's the access of opportunity that people need. And I want to provide them access. I want to give them those opportunities, especially within a district that's been abandoned by Debbie Washington's show, that's been neglected by Debbie Washington's show, having all that homelessness on the street, snatching up all of the land, grabbing up all the land, helping to promote the poverty and the crime that goes on, that spills over into other communities. None of those candidates, I don't have, they don't have a track record. They don't have a, the same type of track record, not even Carla Spaulding, because once this election is over with Carla Spaulding, you won't hear from her again for another two years. You know, they say that she lived in a place called Wellington. But she runs all the way down in this district. Why? Why not go and stay up in Wellington and fight the great, the good fight of faith in Wellington? Why come and interfere with an election where everybody is in agreement that Debbie Watson Schultz has to go? She's that same person that betrayed and lied uh, to Bernie Sanders for Hillary Clinton. She's that same person who allowed that spy who continues to work in her office, giving up important information of, of our national security probably to a foreign entity. She's that same person that, uh, that believes in open, open borders, opening our borders and putting our people in harm's way. And those border opening impact our economy because it takes away from Americans. I'm an American first candidate. And I don't think that any of those candidates running is, is deeply committed to this process as, as I am. So the only challenge I face in this race is election stealing, which I've been fighting that since 1990, filing charges against it since 1990 against the fraud. So when I hear the state say there's no election fraud in Florida, that is not true.
through. We, they, 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 the Democrats have been stealing these elections, putting these bad people in office, and this is why we don't have the access to opportunity. And when I get in office, that will change because I will build a relationship across the country that put forth policies that work for all Americans. So I'm not worried about my opponent. I don't see my opponents. All I see is Debbie Wasserman Schultz has to go. And she has been violating Florida term limits since night. That was put in place in 1992. That tells every U.S. representative or senator or state representative or state or lieutenant governor, you can only serve in office eight years, then you must sit out two years and then rerun. Debbie has been in that seat violating, allegedly violating the law since 2004. She has not taken a break in service. She's been there since 2004. She should have never been allowed to go stay in office that long. And I've written the Secretary of State. I've written the Secretary of State General Counsel. I brought the two to powers to be attention. And now we're just waiting for Governor Ron DeSantis' office of election and integrity to fall in place so we can get rid of these bad people bring charges against them and see them all the way through the jail for stealing these elections and overthrowing our government like they did in 2020, overthrew our government. So I'm not worried about them, Rick. They got to worry about me. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, in terms of Carla Spalding, I, I recall seeing her name a lot and, in, 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 you know, posts and pictures on several uh, social media platforms. And then about maybe four months ago, she just vanished. I'm, I'm not sure why. And, you know, I guess what you're hearing and what I kind of see for myself without hearing anything is that she's not a, uh, a candidate that's favorable within the, the South Florida community. But that's just my take. And that's just you know, my opinion. And then you also mentioned uh, Governor DeSantis. Please share for about maybe five minutes. You mentioned his election integrity uh, work that he that he just recently uh, did or 30 to 60 days ago, he just recently uh, signed some legislation about election integrity. Please talk about that for a few minutes. All right. So the, the, we finally got passed in the state of Florida. There will be a now an office of election integrity. And that office would be like Elliot Ness was. That would be the police. That would be uh, the, the uh, agency that whose job is to go after election law crimes or election violations or, you know, a violation of a viol election integrity process. And they are supposed to pursue, they will be pursuing any allegation, no matter how big or how small, any allegation of election fraud, they will investigate. They they answer to the governor personally, directly to the governor. So that, that means that no one can come to them and get them to do anything in this state if it had not been approved by the governor. So, you know, we supposed to have a lot of different parts supposed to be enforcing our election law who relinquish their jurisdiction to these thieves, to these local supervisors of elections, some of them. And, and it's a local, local supervisor of elections who in the state attorney and others who's supposed to be in our fourth and our election laws. But over the last 50 years, they have failed our election processes because they refuse to investigate election fraud or they refuse to investigate election crime. So this new office of election integrity is supposed to change it. So when we have allegations like a Rosalind Osgood, who wasn't supposed to be on the ballot because she never resigned 
from her position as a school board member, pursue a Florida State Senate seat, and then at the end of the day, win that Florida State Senate seat based on alleged election fraud because she violated our election integrity. I mean, our Florida resigned to run law. She violated that law. Then she came back and instead of being removed because she never resigned from her seat, uh, she went through uh, the uh, the ballot harvesting process, winning on mail-in ballot uh, uh, fraud process, winning on absentee ballot pro- uh, fraud process. And let me say, tell you why I say that. The definition of a mail-in ballot, you're telling the state, hey, for whatever the reason, I'm requesting this ballot because I would not be going down to the precinct for whatever the reason, whether it's the COVID-19 virus or fake virus or this fake pandemic, you're saying, I'm not going down there. So if you send me a ballot, I get the ballot, I fill it out. I'm supposed to mail it in. But instead of mailing in, I decide to get in my car, drive down to the precinct, to the voting poll, and put it in a drop box. That, that's the beginning of the fraud because you just lied about your, your true intention. You said you was not going to vote, but going in the precinct, you got the ballot, you took the ballot down, you filled it out, and you took it and dropped it in the drop box. That's election fraud. Absentee ballot. You told the state that, hey, for whatever the reason, I'm not, I'm not going to be in this state. I'm on vacation, but I still want to vote. Would you send me an absentee ballot so I can fill that ballot out? Be, let the state know that I'm absent and then I'm supposed to mail it in. But instead, you give, you request that absentee ballot, you fill it out, and then you take it down and you drop it in a drop box. That's what I mean when I say fraud. And then you have people that work for campaigns, their political staff person, going into communities and filling out ballots or claiming an alleged data breach, like what happened with Rosalind Osgood, who was the chairman of the Broward County School Board. In two instances, this every election, data breaches of information being breached, parents, students' information being breached uh, by an alleged hacker, but no, never an investigation. Well, that's what the Office of Election Integrity now will, will put it put it into. When you see those instances where things are seen to be uh, irregular, you can bring that to the Office of Election Integrity, and you will now finally get an entity or office that will pursue justice, that will pursue election fraud, that will ensure that our elections are full of integrity. Because we are changing the economy, the, the economy of our country. When you allow fraud, to put bad people in. This is a government for the people, by the people, and all the people. We should not be allowing these bad people to get data breach information, go sit in a location of someone's house, and fill out ballots, and then bring those ballots in, and drop those ballots off without any accountability. They did that in Broward County. They did that under Joe Scott, who was our new election supervisor in Broward, and he didn't, he didn't not put any stop gaps to make sure, allegedly, that they, that we knew who was bringing those ballots down. I was at one of those precincts. I saw a white truck just kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Had all the had all the windows tagged up, a taped over, had the tag taped over. You couldn't even tell who that person. I did take a picture though. But see, those are the things that I'm saying. We need to get our country back, and those are some of the steps that will allow us to get our country back. So uh, it, it, that's what I mean with this new Office of Election Integrity will change how voting, uh, vote casting uh, take place in this state. And I hope that the other states catch on. Chicago, California, New York, New Jersey, Georgia, 
places like that, Illinois, places like that, I, uh, North Dakota, North Carolina, South Dakota, South Carolina, Iowa, Idaho, Delaware. I hope that they pass something similar so we can regain our country and stop our country being taken over by China, being taken over by Russia, because they have vested interests. They put their people in office. They put a, a lot of uh, allegedly senators in office. They put Congress people in office. They put state representatives in office, city council members in office, commissioners in office. And this is why we're having a problem uh, with our republic. So hopefully we can uh, work uh, I do diligence and bring this to a head. So that's what that office is going to do. Put it into that. You mentioned uh, China. I believe China has put most of the people running as Democrats in office <laughs> here in California. So it's funny you mentioned that. And, and it seems like there's this pattern across these big met metropolitan areas where Democrats uh, have a lot of people in positions. And I believe it's, it's definitely cheating. And I also believe it's definitely China. So I got two quick questions to ask you. Now, um, you was, you were, you were at a parade not too long ago and Debbie Wasserman Schultz was on a float and she was, uh, you know, attending, you know, some type of celebration there in South Florida. And you said she looked at you and gave you the mean mug. Please talk about that for a few minutes. I was, it was Rick, thank you. I'm, I'm still laughing. I'm still laughing with that. When I was in the, I was still, I was in Hollywood. I, I heard, I found out about a St. Patrick's Day parade, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I got a, I got a human billboard that I walk with. You know, it's, I, I, I don't kept this billboard with me since I started last year, and it's pretty much beaten up by now. But I was working the crowd, getting signatures, talking. It was just perfect timing because by the time I got to the end where there's a, a curve. Uh, lo and behold, Debbie Washington Schultz was on somebody's float. I didn't know if they let her know I was there or, or she, she found it the last minute because it wasn't her float. It was a, somebody who allowed her to get on their float and she was, she was tossing out candy. And when she came around the curve, I was in the middle of the road and I had my, my billboard, my walking billboard, my human billboard on. And I stood in the road and I showed it to her. And you should have saw her face. She squished her eyes and she pushed out her lips and she gave me the nastiest look that you would ever imagine. You know, I'm, I mean, I, I, I didn't get afraid because I'm, I'm used to being bullied. I was a bully as a child, so I've learned to stand up to bullies. But I didn't think anybody in the crowd saw that. It was just so funny. So after she passed and I guess she got to the end, people came up to me and said they saw the way she looked at me. They they saw that nasty look that she gave me, and so a couple of people said, "Give me your petition. I don't like her anyhow. Let me sign your petition." This this, this was funny, and one guy came to me and was talking about, "Hey, this is lady that who's been running. She's been running in this seat for so long, running as a Democrat, running as a Republican, running as a Republican." He said, "I wish she'd stop running." He said, "Because nobody wants her," and they and they and he put those they put those same two people before me together. In that St. Uh, Patrick's Day Parade. And uh, it was just a great feeling, man. I mean, it was a good feeling to even see the Debbie even acknowledge. Uh, and she knows who I am, but it's the fact that she acknowledged me through her nasty look. That tells me I'm getting on her nerve. So, you know, I'm going to chase Debbie no matter where the districts are. No matter where. It's, uh, if they put her in, uh, if they put her in a place that nobody else want to travel. 
I'm going after Debbie because we got to get Debbie Watson show at this office because if we can remove Debbie, we will put a big hole in Nancy Pelosi's uh, uh, agenda, communist agenda, to control this country the way they've been controlling this country for the last 50 years and bring this thing to a head so the future of our children and the future of this nation can flourish because that's what this is about for me. I tell folks there's two things you don't do in Florida. You don't touch our guns and you don't touch our children because that makes us feel mad. <laughs> hey, hey, Ruben, so I want to thank you for that and I, I will also say that um, yeah, she saw the black Republican you know, standing on the sidewalk watching the parade and she gave you the evil eye because she has not been able to uh, put you in that Democrat ch- a trance that uh, that many blacks have found themselves in since the late 1960s. So my here's my final question. And based on what I just said, do you think Democrat voters there in South Florida are still in love with the Democrat Party after these last two years of losing some of their freedoms. I mean, Florida is not California, where California, we have this dictator, you know, Gavin Newsom. But do you think Floridians now will clearly see the error in their ways of always voting for Democrats after their businesses were shut down, their freedoms were taken away, clubs on South Beach were closed, artists could not perform, you know, and, and, and lots of people lost a lot of money and, and they lost a lot of their freedoms for a brief period of time. Not as much as California, but it still impacted uh, Florida. And if it wasn't if it were not for Governor Ron DeSantis, Florida would be just like California. What's your final thoughts on that question? OK, Ron DeSantis was the best governors I've ever laid eyes on. President Trump is still the lawful legal president of the East United States. He did not lose an election. His election was overthrown by Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. But I think that Democrats, uh, especially black Democrats, you know, and that's what we really want to, uh, to gain, uh, to open their eyes. Black Democrats, and a lot of black Democrats, as well as Democrats, white Democrats, and elect, uh, Hispanic Democrats, and all those other Democrats, they are now are at a dismay. They're very disappointed in the Democratic Party. They're very disappointed in the Biden administration, especially particularly Joe, Joe Biden. And so I think that, that the, you know, they was lost. And now they're found. Oh, and, can I break uh, in for a second? On on Real People USA podcast, we refer to him as Let's Go Brandon. Okay, well, Let's Go Brandon. I, I like that. So Let's Go Brandon. Let's Go Brandon, Rich. So a lot of the Democrats now uh, uh, who uh, voted for uh, Joe Biden, they're sad because I watch the tweets and I watch the Facebook postings and I watch the Instagram. And they're just so sad that they put that man in office, especially a man with a criminal uh, background. You know, the things that he's done in Ukraine and the things that they'll, that he'll, he's allowed to take place that President Trump would not uh, have allowed. You know, kind of coming in and cutting, getting rid of the uh, pipeline. You know, uh, there's a lot of things that he's doing, uh, opening our border, giving, giving greater access to our border, stopping the wall from being completed. You know, putting our borders and our nation's security in peril. Black Democrats, it was all Democrats. They're looking at that. You know, and I'm so glad that I walked away from the Democratic Party. And I'm so glad that I now can see the control and the abuse 
up a power and authority that the Democrats have placed on a lot of our lives. And I'm hoping that we we will be able to gain control and, 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 and loosen that grip, especially within the uh, African-American communities, which where I believe that we are uh, part of the socialist uh, uh, the demeanor is with these charters. How these charters also place communities in bondage. And a lot of these charters are controlled by Democrats. And these charters are a local constitution where if there's not a violation of state law or federal law, the government can't come in and do anything to a charter county, which I think that we need to go back and review whether or not these charters need to be abolished so we can put these, these places back up under state constitutions and put them back up under federal constitution. Because a, a charter is a, a, is a county or local constitution. And as long as it's not a violation of federal or state law, then you can't really come in and do what you want to do uh, to the abuses of these uh, these local boards and these local bodies. So a lot of, of Democrats starting to look at this holistically around this country, and they're now calling for enough is enough. So uh, there's a lot of disappointment especially within the, the Democratic Party, and we can feel great that we did not, as Republicans, that we didn't vote for Joe Biden. Some did, and those rhinos got to go. Those are the people that we're Amen. trying to get our office because those are, those are wolves in sheep clothing. And the Bible tells us to beware of wolves in sheep clothing. So yes, uh, to answer your question, uh, there's a lot of disappointment in, uh, in, within the Democratic ranks. And I think that, we, that you will see that shift. You'll see a lot of Democrats leave the Democratic Party, especially black Democrats, leave the Democratic Party and, and withdraw the Republican Party. But we have to stay consistent and we have to show them that we are different than Democrats because Republicans are not Democrats. That's right. That's right. And I just want to add to that. My, my sons, I have two sons that uh, live. One lives. I have three sons, but I have two that live in Los Angeles and the San Francisco Bay Area. And the, my Los Angeles son had just graduated from college uh, when the COVID-19 hoax, that's like I'm putting emphasis on hoax, started and it really disrupted his life as a as a young you know, college graduate working in, in electronic, not electronics, but uh, network security engineering. And it's, he lost some of his freedoms for two years. And I just want to let people know that, you know, as a, as a young black male in Los Angeles, he has many friends that will never vote Democrat because for some of these, these young people, as well as people of all ages, these last two years was, or these last two years were as close as being in some type of war than a lot of people will ever see because a lot of things were taken away from people and you were told that you lose your business if you don't do this you'll 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 you lose your job if you don't take the shot and my son was one of those those people that were told that if you didn't take this shot you would lose your six figure income job and my son used to call me like every day dad what do you think about this what do you think should i take the shot i said hell no don't take that shot and due to the supreme court ruling that said 100 uh, companies with 100 employees or more were exempt. Uh, he 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 lasted. He did not take that shot. And even if the Supreme Court would have ruled differently, he still would not have taken that shot, which has caused uh, you know hundreds of thousands of people across this country to have negative 
well, I should say adverse reactions. And people should know that uh, Pfizer, the Pfizer documents were recently released and it had nine pages of adverse uh, reactions. And there were 1,297 different adverse reactions. So just to wrap it up, blacks have seen the true nature of Democrats. And we've always known that Democrats had this thing about uh, enslaving blacks, uh, you know, mentally and psychologically. Well, over the last two years, uh, you know, in 2020 and up to the current times, blacks now have the proof that people like you and I, Ruben, have always been telling them. So please uh, close us out by telling people how they can support uh, you. And I want to just put, put my own plug up for you. Please go to Ruben's website and you know, subscribe to his updates. Put your name, your email address, and phone number. And I, we need thousands of people to do this, not just one or two. So if you're in South Florida, please you know, subscribe to Ruben's um, on his website because it's, it's a way that we can start the process of minimizing the cheating. So close us out, Mr. Ruben Young. Okay, so I'm an America First candidate. My name is Ruben Young. I'm calling on Carla Spalding, who's a Jamaican-born citizen, to prove that she is a citizen of the East United States of America according to our citizenship clause. But be as it may, I have asked her for it. Uh, send me an email, show me the paperwork, because non-citizens are not supposed to be running for these seats. But if you want to support us, American First campaign, uh, you can reach me, uh, as Rick said, ryoungforcongress.com. Uh, email me, uh, ryoung, uh, for Congress at gmail.com ruben.young002 at gmail.com join this movement um, I'm running by petitions the state requires 2,568 petitions in order to qualify and get my name in the ballot um, within striking distance and, and, and it took a while but I'm asking you to join this movement join this campaign uh, seek me out through my website and give me an opportunity to represent this district represent this country in the United House of Representatives because I, my goal is to make you proud of me and you would not be disappointed because I would be a 27 hour a day congressional Representative. I would be at every city meeting, at every uh, a commission meeting, at every state meeting. I will watch this country across the board. So give me an opportunity to go to Congress. Again, my name is Ruben Young. I'm taking on David Wasserman and Show in 2022, Congressional District 23. All right, Mr. Ruben Young. And now you will be a a, a guest that will be on, a, on our podcast show probably once a week at a minimum. Since your name will be on the ballot and you will be running against Carla Spalding or whoever is out there. And then the big fight against Debbie Wasserman Schultz. I believe she's a very weak candidate. So, uh, again, sure, have a great Cheers. day and finish up with those remaining uh, ballot petitions. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great day.